to badly misquote Kesha, I hear your heart beat to the beat of our podcast. So let's the, so let's make the most of the night and listen to the, this is terrible. This is a disaster. <laughs> Hello, it is Thursday, May 14th, and I'm still chilly from all the shade thrown at us over the past two days by who we put in the best athlete bracket. But I guess no one becomes a teacher if they don't want to be hated, so I'll probably live. We are the real bros of Holly Springs. I'm Brandon Rhodes, joined by Joey Will, who was almost ready to go to the mattresses yesterday. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, to comment on maybe or maybe not, but I will say that the amount of shade that we're getting for a fun bracket idea is unbelievable. But I understand that there's many athletes at the school every year that graduate, and we made a list of 16. So we were going to upset somebody, but I feel pretty, pretty good about where our semifinal list is at, and I feel like our picks were justified based on the voting. Yeah, uh, I agree, and we'll talk more about that later on. Uh, again, if you want to check out the bracket, you can check us out on Twitter at marketing underscore HSHS, or you can vote in all of our polls. And also you can check out that same handle on Instagram, uh, copy down all our cooking corner recipes. Again, you can also reach us via email at broads4 and jwill at wcpss.net. Mailbag questions, dating advice questions, another big project for us to do. We welcome any suggestion. We might not do it, but we, are, we welcome the suggestion. And again, you find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. I mean, you're listening to this one, so presumably you're aware of how to find us somewhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere and everywhere. And I, I want to clarify one more thing, too, because I, I realized I started going through my social media accounts and, and saw some direct messages that we've received. And I know you're the one that kind of interacted with the, the followers. Some of the, the photos that we post for our cooking corner are, in fact, not actual meals that we have prepped. So I, I want to clarify for people that if you really want that meal to turn out perfect, then you take your picture after you cook it. And that's the visual that you'll remember forever. We're just trying to give you something to look forward to. But the real thing to look forward to is once you've made it. So I just wanted to clarify that. I feel like, you know, some people might have been giving you some, some hate, man. And I, I, I wanted to back you up. Yeah, thanks. Again, we use real pictures if we can. It's just not always available. Sometimes it's a recipe we might have made a while ago and hadn't taken a picture of. So uh, speaking of things I don't want to take a picture of, uh, the results of our last draft where you, again, just whooped me 70 to 30%. uh, Things are not going well for me. Honestly, I knew I was in trouble after you stole my first pick uh, when you took Reese's off the board. I just went on tilt, disregarded my pre-draft rankings. It's like I went to the David Kahn School of Draft Prep. <laughs> well, uh, once you picked the mint, that, that's when it really – it was just downhill from there. And that was your third pick. So, like, you, you had an okay draft, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I don't care anymore. Reese's is gone. I'm going to pick mints from Olive Garden. I, I knew that was the end. Yeah, I just need to, like, actually stick to my boards and not just freak out mid-draft whenever something doesn't go according to <laughs> Well, I, I think based off of our, our results over the last couple of uh, podcasts, just to let you guys know as listeners, for today's draft, I let Rhodes pick the topic and not tell me until 10 minutes before the draft. So we're going to see if he 
and the prep time that he has or was able to have last night is going to be the thing that pushes him over the top or if 10 minutes is good enough to win a draft. So we're going to see that later, but I apologize for beating you once again. I, I really am, man. I'm sorry. These are absolute demolitions. Uh, let's transition to something I might actually be able to beat you at. We're throwing out some hot takes. This segment, of course, is sponsored by Ghost Peppers, which makes me want to tell maybe a story about the dumbest thing I might have ever done while teaching. My first year of teaching, the day before winter break, which is always kind of a lost day, uh, I had an academic world history class, and one kid brought in some super hot peppers to class that day. Uh, some spicy peppers, not much spice in the tanks we're about to dish out. So like he had a couple kids, like for whatever reason, I actually let him like have other kids take taste of it. One kid took like a tiniest little bite and was like freaking out. And I was like, come on, man. Like it's, it's not that hot. So the kid was like, all right, Mr. Rhodes, like you try it. I was like, sure. Like this can't be that bad. Like these kids are 14. Like they're just wusses. So instead of taking a tiny bite, I eat an entire pepper uh, <laughs> on my mouth and just eat it. and. About three seconds later, I realize I've made a horrible mistake. My eyes start watering immediately. Uh, about a minute later, I have to leave class to go dry heave in the bathroom for the next like 10 minutes. My eyes are just like <laughs> watering. Like I'm kind of going back and forth. Hitter, like, Mr. Hood's like, are you okay? <laughs> what are we supposed to learn? <laughs> I, like, I put a video on. Uh, like, I literally could not talk. Like, my eyes were just like puffed up and blood red. Like, I was like inhaling oh. water. I couldn't. I couldn't drink milk to do that because the milk would make me throw up even more. Uh, but I think I actually did go like throw up in the bathroom while the class was sitting right outside of there. I'm sure like everyone just thought I was hungover throwing up. Nope, I just did stupidly <laughs> eat an entire pepper. Uh, that is quite uh, the dumbest thing I've ever done. And the last time I ever thought I had to like prove something to a group of high school kids, it took like literally an hour and a half before like my mouth stopped burning. But anyway, I hope our hot takes today can approach that level of spiciness. Maybe not that level of stupidity. Uh, can your take match the spiciness of the pepper I ate in the story? Dude, I... I don't even I don't even know. Like I, I want you to follow up that story with your hot take and see how it compares. Cause I know how how that moment is. Like I there was a guy that did the there's a challenge at Aviator. If anybody's been uh to Aviator Smokehouse and has seen somebody do uh done this challenge, like you, you probably know what I'm talking about. But he did the challenge, the wing challenge, and it's their hottest sauce that they have. And I don't know what sauce they or what pepper they use in their sauce. And that guy, I mean, he did it. And the, the amount of struggle he had, I mean, he was pouring ranch dressing on all the chicken. I mean, it was disgusting how much ranch he had because I hate ranch and that was terrible. But like to see him struggle the way he did and he completed the challenge, I, I can only imagine the challenge that you had for that hour and a half. So kudos to you, man. That's a, that's a great hot take or consumption of hot pepper, if you want to call it that. I'm going to let you follow up with a hot take and see where we go. All right. So my hot take is that reheating food in a microwave is the most insane thing people do. Microwaves should be used for frozen food only or popcorn. That's it. Hot food, delicious. Food reheated in an oven, great. Cold food, also amazing. Microwaves ruin food. They make it so condensation-y and watery, and I swear that they like steal taste molecules from the food so it doesn't taste as good. Leftover pasta, cold. Leftover Mexican food, cold. Leftover anything, cold. 
food is so much better cold than being ruined by the microwave. Uh, wow. That, that's all I have is just, wow. I, I did not expect you to go that route. Uh, I, I agree that certain foods cold, like I love cold pizza. I think leftover cold pizza is like one of the best leftover foods that you can have. That's just a, a take on, on my, my preference, but I, I have to say, man, I, I used the microwave to, to heat things up. So I'm a little, I'm a little uh, heartbroken that you, you went that route that, that really stung me. And, and I don't know how to recover from that, that heartbreak. Yeah. Every day, like during lunch, when I go to get my lunch from the uh, teacher workroom, I see people putting their Tupperwares in the microwaves. I just want to look at them with pity. It's like, you are ruining your lunch. Just eat it cold and it'll be so much better. You've known me for seven years and you've felt that way every time I've done that and you've never confronted me. <laughs> I am just, I am just sad. I'm filling up with tears in my eyes. Why, why did you hide that from me? I just don't respect any of my coworkers. I see do that as human beings. I, I, you know what? I'm so sad right now. I, I don't even, I can't even provide a hot take. I, I just can't do it. My heart is broken. I am sad that you have withhold this information from me for seven years. And I'm just going to let the, the listeners and our, our Twitter voters, they can vote whether or not that's a hot take. Let's just keep yours on there and move forward. I need to, to cheer up and, and get this sadness away. Okay, fair enough. To help me transition from being really sad roads, our next guest is going to, to help make me happy because she's one of the sweetest individuals at our school. She's one of the original staff members at the high school, and she's just super involved in a lot of things. So up next on our podcast, we bring on Tamara Young. Why haven't you started watching Outer Banks on Netflix yet? That's right. The Netflix budget rolls so deep, we bought another advertisement today. In a world where a ship has millions of dollars in buried treasure, what if the greatest treasure of all was the love and friendship you found along the way? Based on a true story, well, based on a story that someone wrote, comes the story of a troubled teenage anti-hero John B., his ride-or-die friends, and the girl from the other side of the tracks, and her boyfriend, and her brother, and her dad, and her brother's drug dealer. You'll laugh at the ridiculous geographic mistakes. You'll cry. I mean, maybe. There are some parts that even got to the most hardened podcast hosts such as myself. Outer Banks. It's Outer This World, only on Netflix. We are very excited to have this guest on today. One of the most beloved teachers in school history, she has been with the school from the very beginning, and she wears so many hats at school, she's got enough to help half the students break the dress, co dress code. Tamara Young, thanks for coming on and hanging out with the bros of Holly Springs today. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, so uh, we appreciate you being on. Uh, so as we mentioned before, you do a lot of things for the school and the students of Holly Springs. Like how tough have the past two months kind of being stuck, not at school been for you? It's been really difficult. Um, a big portion of what I do um, are things that couldn't be done from home. Um, and a lot of it was really heartbreaking, like um, having to cancel prom. That was, um, that's a huge part of my spring. And so um, it broke my heart to have to do that, you know, to the kids and um, AP testing, obviously, that's a huge portion of my job in the spring, and, and that's now being done from home, and that's changed a lot of what I do. So 
been very different. Um, never thought I'd miss being in the school building as much as I do. Yeah, I'm sure you just would kill to be proctoring an AP test today, which is funny. I never thought I would say that, but yes, I would give anything to be sitting in the gym proctoring AP chemistry today. <laughs> I, I can't comment on the uh, the AP proctoring. I don't think I've ever proctored an AP test in my seven years at Holly Springs. So I appreciate you for not asking me or, or forcing me to do so. Very exciting. Very exciting. And you, and you mentioned like, what, what's the difference between like AP testing normally and then like what the current situation is just to, to kind of give people an idea of like what that difficult situation has been like. So normally the kids, um, all the AP tests usually have two parts to them, um, except for the AP languages, um, like Spanish, French, German, those have three parts to them. Um, and so the kids usually have to take a multiple choice part and then a, a essay part portion to their test. And so this year the exam is all essay. There's no multiple choice part, um, which puts a lot of kids at a disadvantage. Um, the biggest thing I've noticed from my end is kids normally have 45 minutes to write their essay question. And in a normal setting, you know, we time them and exactly at the 45 minute mark, we stop them and then they steal their test booklets and turn them in. Um, with the online, they get 45 minutes total and that includes writing and submitting. So if they don't give themselves enough time to stop and get their answer submitted in that 45 minute mark, then it times out on them and they can't submit their answers to the questions. And so I think that's been a little frustrating and difficult for a lot of the kids. That seems somewhat poorly designed. Yes. Yeah. I would not say that this has been the best design system for online testing. I feel like doing multiple choice, like keeping the multiple choice questions would have been an easier aspect of giving or administering the test and then maybe having less free response, but I, I know AP classes are really about the free response section, so I guess that makes a little sense, but that's, re that's really weird that they're not adding in like an additional five minutes or something just for the submission part. The submission part, right. And they don't actually type into the online test, so they actually have to handwrite or type their answer somewhere else and then upload their answer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't, I, I just, I, I feel for the kids. Um, they're in a stressful situation, and I feel like this has added a lot of stress to their plate. And is, are the exams still being administered through like College Board, or is the the test site like something like an off like company that they've like just brought in to just give the test through College Board? Okay. Well, I'm glad to know that uh, there's a lot of people in education that really don't know what they're doing, but. Here nor there, we won't get into that debate. That might be a hot take uh, later on, Rhodes. Um, but to follow up on one of the things you said, you talked about prom being eliminated and, and not being able to do that. Are there other activities that we're planning on doing as a school? If you can talk about it, I know there's some things that we're not allowed to, to discuss uh, yet with students, but if there's anything you can talk about uh, that we're trying to do for seniors to kind of give them those moments that they're missing out like prom. Absolutely. Um, I know we've worked on um, planning a senior celebration day um, for Saturday, May 30th, and we're finalizing those plans now. Um, I'm pretty excited. It's not going to be the same, but I feel like we've put a lot of 
effort into trying to make something that's going to be really special for the seniors. Um, the kids that we've talked to, the biggest thing they say is they miss their teachers. And they really want to come back and have a chance to see their, their teachers and to have that closure. And so that's part of what we're planning is um, getting the staff involved um, for us to be able to, you know, see these seniors before they leave and for the seniors to have a chance to to see us one more time. So I think May 30th is going to be hopefully a, won't replace what we've lost, but I hope it'll be a special memory for the seniors. And then I think there's some other things in the works too um, for later on in the summer that they're working on. Yeah, I'm super excited for that. I marked that down on my calendar right away. And like being able to see the seniors that we've interviewed for this podcast has definitely been like one of the highlights for me of getting to do this. It's just, I miss interacting with with high school kids. That's the, the best part about teaching. And that's you know, much more difficult to do while sitting at home. Yep. I, um, graduation is probably one of my favorite days of the year, just to see those kids meet that goal. And so giving something that we can see them again and, and interact um, was very important, um, not just to myself, but to um, most of the staff. So it'll be a fun day. Yeah. Is it, is it something, sorry, Rhodes, before you ask that, is it something where we're going to see like similarities between like, oh, you're walking across the stage and you're getting that diploma kind of thing, or is it going to be more about that interaction with teachers? It'd be more about that interaction with teachers. Um, more of the um, attempt to, to, I think, replace, not replace, but um, make up for the lost senior day and senior picnic day more so than to make up for a graduation. Well, if I can get free Chick-fil-A and snow cones, you know I'm down, so. I don't like snow cones, but I think there might be some Chick-fil-A in the works. <laughs> I'm in. I always miss senior day, because I have to be teaching, so I, I am so for free Chick-fil-A. Bring it on. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> always down to embezzle extra Chick-fil-A. That's right. <laughs> so one of the things people might not no, just because um, you, you transitioned to your current position a few years ago, is that you used to be a classroom teacher, and now you're the intervention coordinator. Uh, so is this a change that you've enjoyed? Are there certain things that you miss about teaching? Kind of elaborate on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is, um, it's been a great transition for me. Um, I um, miss the classroom and the, I miss getting the chance to really get to know some of the kids. Um, I don't always have that opportunity in the current role. Um, that's why I enjoy doing things like student council and DECA and working with sports because it gives me that chance to really get to know a whole lot of kids um, that I wouldn't normally get just doing the intervention. But um, one of my goals for myself um, that I kind of set and hadn't really a progress towards yet, but I would like to get back and get my master's in school counseling. And so intervention um, has been a step in that direction, and it's something that I really enjoy. Um, there's nothing like seeing a kid who struggled um, and overcome family, um, school, whatever the obstacles may be, but really overcome them and reach that goal of getting their high school diploma uh, makes it really all that more special to see them walk across the stage at graduation. So um, it's a it's a job that I really, really enjoy. Um, but I do miss the classroom. Um, I miss teaching AP Human Geography and Law and Justice. Those were probably my two favorite things. Um, 
I don't know that I miss world history as much, but I definitely miss these other two classes. Um, and I miss getting to know the kids and getting to spend time with kids. Um, but it, it's been a good transition. Um, I enjoy it. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds nice to get to like know a couple of kids like super well and work with them for years instead of having to change over every semester. Absolutely. So I know beforehand you kind of mentioned that you've been doing a lot of the different things that admin wants you to do. Like you get behind the scenes a lot at school, like behind those closed doors where I always assume admins either talking about how hilarious or annoying they find my latest caper. Uh, but let's say you were put in charge of like Holly Springs, or like you were named like Wake County superintendent. What's like kind of one of the first big changes you make that you think would be like beneficial for schools? Oh gosh. Um, I, you know, honestly, the the one thing I think that frustrates me and, and probably frustrates a lot of teachers is um, attendance. And um, way back when I first started teaching, um, Wake County had the FF policy. So if you missed a certain number of days and um, you couldn't prove why you had missed all that time, that regardless of your grade, you automatically got an FF for the course. And I think that motivated kids to take school a little more seriously. And I think that's probably one of my biggest frustrations is just the, the attendance issues that we have sometimes. And I think that would be my, my first target if I were in charge. I would be very on board with that change, uh, especially teaching seniors. That is yeah. an exhausting thing to deal with at times. So I'd definitely be down for that change. Absolutely. I have, a, I have a lot of freshmen, mostly in my classes. I teach almost, what, four to five sports one class a, a year. And the amount of tardies that I've seen, like the increase in tardies just from the younger kids over the, the course of the last five, six years that I've been teaching is, is crazy. Like you, you would think those issues are just like your older kids that drive and you're coming late from lunch or whatever. But I think it's just like permeated through the rest of the school. And it's just kind of a mindset where the kids just kind of don't care as much about here's the bell, get here on time. It's not a lot to ask people to just get into your seat and be there when the bell rings. Whether you want to learn or not, who cares? Just be there on time. So that's frustrating from, from me as well, you know, with, with freshmen. So I can only imagine with seniors, Rhodes, how that is for you. When it's hard, you know, the seniors, you can um, you know, somewhat levy their lunch pass or other things. It's hard with freshmen. Like, there's not a lot to, that you can take from them. So... You can take away their cartoon time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so sticking with this behind the scenes or behind closed doors theme, what's some great gossip that you can give me and Rhodes that you've heard or you've, you know, you know, maybe talked with people about since we've gotten out of school during this remote learning time? What's some juicy gossip? Yeah. There's got to be at least one thing you can, you can share with us and the listeners. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> I, you know, I feel like I've been a lot of the loop here recently. Well, I don't know if it's gossip, but um, I will tell you that um, I may or may not have video of Miss Prue and Mr. Baum uh, skateboarding through the hallways when we were at school for device distribution two weeks ago. So um, that may not or may or may not have occurred um, while we were on campus. Very baller. I hope they clean all the blood up outside my classroom. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually both very, um, 
very skilled skateboarders. Especially <laughs> with Shabon. He's got a lot of talent there. I think we found a, uh, a new thing to do on one of our teacher work days, Rhodes, instead of playing ping pong and sneaking a ping pong table somewhere into the building, I think we should uh, bring some skateboards. I don't know how to skateboard, but I, I think it'd be funny to videotape us and other teachers trying through the hallways. Yeah. yeah so rollerblading. <laughs> yes. Yeah. One time, like, nine years ago, one of my basketball players had, like, a ripstick thing, which is sort of like a skateboard, and, like, I got on it real quick, and within, like, three seconds, I flew off, and, like, when I landed, I thought, I, like, I'd broken my wrist. I think that's the last time in my life I'll ever step on a skateboard. It's like, I'm, I'm good on that. Uh, I told the story earlier of a time that I had tried to prove myself being cool to students, so I think, like, that, that time in my life is, is long past. You're not trying to prove that you're cool, you're just comfortable in your own skin now? I'm very comfortable being a nerd who sucks in those things. Uh, so the past two weeks, we've been doing some brackets about the best team and athlete in school history. Uh, and so for our best athlete bracket, we're down to the final four. Uh, the one seed, Carlos Ergon, baseball player, against the four seed, Kara Leslie, women's basketball. On the other side of the bracket, we have seven seed, Matt Wildson, and the six seed, Dominique Babbitt, uh, who moved on as the highest after finishing in a dead tie in the second round. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, we've gotten a little bit of hate from this list. Uh, not that the haters are probably listening 30 minutes into our podcast, but of the 16 athletes we chose, nine were conference players of the year, five were state champions, and the other two both finished in the top five of their respective state championships. So that's a, that's a pretty impressive list of people. Uh, so, and there are people that are getting paid to play professional sports right now or people that were state champions that we couldn't even put in the bracket. Uh, so for those of people that were, you know, not – putting up superstar like accolades uh you know you might be a great athlete but just not one of the top 16 in school history uh kind of either looking at that list or just kind of from your own experiences being around since the school opened uh tamara who, who do you think are kind of some of the top athletes that we've had in school history i you know i would i enjoyed looking at your list it brought back a lot of memories um and taught a lot of those kids or worked with them. Um, I don't know how many people realize, but when our school opened, I used to be um, Miss Aries' assistant. Um, so I worked in athletic training for the first um, several years that the school was opened. Um, so I did work with a lot of those athletes. And um, I think you guys really had a very good variety there of, um, we've, we've had a lot of athletes that have accomplished a lot while at Holly Springs High School. Um, it's hard. It's hard to narrow it down to 16. Um, it's very hard now that it's up in the upper levels for me to even vote because it's hard for me to choose <laughs> um, between some of those kids. But we had we've had a lot of great kids that have accomplished a lot. Yeah, that was definitely one of the biggest takeaways. Like it's it's super impressive to see like what some of these top athletes have accomplished. Uh, like definitely difficult to like to narrow it down between those top people. Like you're definitely right on that. Yeah, we've had a lot of conversations, um, Coach Whitesell and I, about. Um, when is it going to be, when are we going to get to that point where we're ready to start a Hall of Fame at Holly Springs High School? Um, you know, a lot of the area schools around us have Hall of Fame um, where they induct coaches and athletes and people who supported athletics. And um, I think we're, we're getting there. I think it's, it's about time to, to start that process. Yeah, it's definitely been like a, a fun, and I, I hope people realize that this is me and Rhodes doing a little bit of research, having a little bit of conversation about a lot of kids that we personally did not like watch or we weren't around to like see in person. So like Carlos Rodon, we both know the name, but like we weren't on campus 
to to see that greatness. Um, so through conversations, like being able to put a list together that we think, like you said, brought a bunch of different sports. I mean, people don't realize that we have 20 plus sports on campus and almost represent between the team draft and the individual athlete draft. We almost accomplish having every single sport represented between both those drafts. So it's been a fun experience. Um, But talking about the team draft, is there a team you can agree with the the teams that we put in the list? Um, Is there a team that you were like, beyond a doubt was the best team that you'd ever seen? Um, you know, and it's probably a little biased because I spent a lot of time working with them, but um, the, you know, the, the baseball team that won the state championship, that was what, 2011, um, that I was still doing sports med. Um, and so I worked all of their games, um, even went to their away games from, um, well, I had done all their home games and then went to all their away games from Easter on that, that year. Um, I spent a lot of time on those kids. And so, you know, to me, that was, they were just a really special group of kids. Um, and it wasn't just Carlos. There were some, there were a lot of great kids on that team that, uh, you know, had a, a lot of great accomplishments and even the, the few years leading up to that. But, you know, we've also had a lot of great success and cheerleading and soccer and basketball and softball and football and golf and you know we have a lot of very talented kids but I would say that if I had to immediately pick out a team it would be that that baseball team just because I spent a lot of time working with that team and with those kids and they did win a state championship so that's it's definitely a fair 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 choice a non-controversial choice also it's definitely tough to argue, especially with like the top part of the teams that we put in, the athletes that we put in. I think that certain individuals that we had to debate, like we didn't want to have too many football players. We didn't want to have like we try to spread it out across the board and certain players just didn't get selected. But this was all for fun, all for some just fun content to take the boredom out of, you know, each and every single day that we're having with remote learning. So we appreciate you backing us up and saying that our our number one seed for the team, even though they didn't win the team bracket, was the best team that you had seen. And then with our semifinal list, like, are you happy with the four finalists in our athlete bracket? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, like I said, it was, just, it was very hard for me to make a choice because I got to know all four of those kids. And so it was really – they're all great kids. And so – I couldn't make a choice this morning, but I've enjoyed watching your list and seeing your brackets come together because, like I said, it's been a great trip down memory lane for me. Um, and I'm sure some of the other staff that have been there, you know, since the beginning, too. So it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. So now the, now the haters on Twitter can direct their hate towards you for agreeing with us instead of just me and Rhodes. I'll take it. I'm used to, <laughs> I'm used to the frustration. It's okay. <laughs> Yes, all of our haters that are definitely listening to minute 35 of this podcast, director hated, director hated all of us. And we, we normally do a mailbag section, um, which was started from Mary Greer. I don't know if you know Mary, uh, but she usually she provides us a few questions each podcast. So she wants to know what the funniest moment uh, has been uh, during your time at Holly Springs. Oh, wow. Funniest moment. 
Um, You're allowed to say like riding the bus with me on the history club trip where you, you laughed more than you'd ever laughed in your life. That's one of the acceptable answers. You know, um, history club trips, I don't know that they would ever be the same without Coach Rhodes and, and the dad jokes like every hour, on the hour, all night long. <laughs> so it, that's definitely fun. Um, I don't know if funniest, but probably the number one memory that sticks out into my head. Um, we, um, when we won our fir first football game at Holly Springs High School, uh, I was home. It was homecoming, and um, Coach Hannes, um, you guys, I don't, I don't know if y'all knew who Coach Hannes was, but um, he's a big guy. He was a very large guy, um, and he did a perfect cartwheel on the field. Um, after they won their first game and so that's probably have a we have a picture somewhere where he's kind of in mid cartwheel um that was probably my funny not funniest but sticks out the best to me moment so so Rhodes if that's if impressive. you ever if you ever win well actually when you get your first varsity job as a basketball coach you have to make a promise right now that you will do a cartwheel across <laughs> across the gym floor Gotta be a perfect cartwheel, not just a cartwheel. Perfect, dude. Across half half court. Um, I can promise maybe doing an imperfect somersault. That's about the best. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna move on to some more fun fun questions. Um, we we've gotten we've gotten the the gossip from you. We've asked you serious questions about how you would change our school for the better. So now we're gonna go to some Holly Springs high school trivia, and okay. just to let you know and the listeners know. Rose is the one that has done the research and has, has come up with the questions. No pressure. Uh, I, I will say this was uh, with consultation from Townley and Herrick. So oh, if something okay. is wrong, you can blame them for that. They're the ones that provide me the answers. Cause again, I have, I have not been around for you know, this it. entire time. So I'm just, I'm just saying that now that way, if there's an incorrect question or the listeners just are like, what the hell are you talking about? Then we can blame Rhodes, not me. All right. So the first question is an easy one. According to Rhodes, it's an easy one. How many principals have we had at Holly Springs High School? So principals or a principals and interim principals? So we, it's a, it, now, now you've made it a two-part question. So you're going to answer right. the first one. How many principals and then how many interim principals? Well, including interim as well. four. Interim principals, we've had six. Um, Dr. Beavers did it a two-peat. He was here twice, so but I only count him once, so six. Okay, so that, that is correct. Can you name the four principals? Uh-huh, Johnson, uh, Locklear, Pittman, and Morrison. Ding, ding, great start. All right, this and, next and, one. Sorry, I was going to say, which, which one, you've, you've worked under four, which one has been your favorite principal? Um, I would say that the um it's been extremely awesome to work with Morrison as an assistant principal and then to get to work with him as a principal that's been um you don't get to do that at a lot of schools and so that's been really great here's a tougher one in school history can you name or can you say how many assistant principals that we've had again this um, is based off of Townley and Herrick's list so I think it's correct but I'm not 100 percent sure okay I have to go through them. Um, we started with Miss Gooch, Mr. Bird, Miss Bryant, then Miss Davis came along. Um, we had Burleson, Morrison, Bitt, 
Mountford, Harold. Uh, then we had Trudell, Paige, Hurst, Mr. Dolan for a year, Mr. Bone, Miss Newby, Poppy, Prue. So what's that? Seventeen. You just named them all, and especially in order, that was incredibly impressive. You have to go through the years. Like I have to go chronologically. I can't just random. <laughs> um, I tried this yesterday, and I had missed two from the time that that I'd been here. <laughs> so <laughs> that was very impressive. <laughs> I, I can't remember like what I did yesterday. So to go back and try to figure out seven years ago who the APs were would have been very difficult. So I, I give you give you some props on that. Um, but here's here's another one. We're gonna we're trying to to stump you. You're one of the the OG Hawks, one of the originals. Yep. Vintage. So for so for the purpose of this question, we'll say the our teachers who taught at Holly Springs during the first year of school. Who are the other ones still at school? So give us the total number of teachers that are original Hawks that are still teaching at the school. You guys listen off. I'm sure this time you can do like alphabetical order by middle initial or however. It, yeah. it. Okay. 100%. So this is a little bit, I will say I have a little head start on this one because we just did t-shirts for all the original Hawk members. Um, so there's actually 15 of us um, that started. Um, that first year. So I can go by department. <laughs> sure, we'll do that. Okay. Um, so Ms. Vincent and I were the uh, two originals left in social studies. Um, she took a year off to have a baby, but she did start that first year with us. Um, Mr. Inge in science, he came, I believe, in January of that first year. Mr. Tuttle in English and um, Coach Weitzel in math. Then in PE, um, Ms. Erie. And in special programs, Mr. Our Coach Dalton and Ms. Perks. Ms. Perks came that fall. Uh, in CTE, Mr. Herrick. And in fine arts, it was uh, Soderman and Biasi started that year. Uh, then you had Ms. King was there from day one. And Ms. Mitchell, um, she was a TA, but she works in guidance now. And then Ms. Benda and Ms. Kelly are TAs in Ms. Perks' classroom. And they started that first year also. All right. So you did even better than, uh, than Talia and Herrick did. You included one person they didn't include. I'm not going to throw them under the bus and say who it was, but very impressive. So I think I just had another great idea for our next bracket. Uh, maybe we should do a bracket of the best teachers in school history. We can kind of bust this out to 64 teachers. Uh, let's say we had to make a bracket. Like, who would some of your maybe your one seeds be? Your top couple seeds if we're going to do a best teacher in school history bracket. I do feel like half the bracket would probably be social studies teachers because we've long had the best department in the school. But absolutely. Um, well, I think you know, no brainer. I think you got to include Miss Richard on that list. Um, she's awesome um, in everything that she does at the school, not just being a teacher. Um, I think you have to include Coach Nas on the list. Um, I would definitely put him up there. Um, I would say Coach Weitzel. I mean, he's he's been around from day one, and he has worked um, in probably every level and every math class that we've ever offered. I think he's taught at this point, except for maybe some of the APs. So um, he's worked very hard, and I think is a great teacher. Um, I don't know. Um, I think Mr. Townley would be one, even though he's not at Holly Springs anymore. Um, 
I think he was a great teacher and impacted, had an impact on a lot of kids. So I think there's, I think you definitely come up with 64. All right. That's, those are, those are some great one seats. Uh, those are, those are definitely be, all be in comparison. I, I just realized that I guess me and you Rhodes would maybe be like on the, the bottom of the bracket or just on like the least favorite teacher bracket. That's where we belong. Yeah. I, no way. No, I think you definitely have a place on the bracket and, and dog it. You can't leave dog it off. We asked, we asked McConnell, I believe, mm-hmm. like what the advice would be for us to like when teacher of the year. So if you had to give us advice real quick, cause you've been here from the beginning. So, you know, what's the secret, what can we do to win teacher of the year? I guess it was, it was Dion who we asked instead of McConnell, but what, what would your advice be? Um, you know, that person's got to be able to balance expectations with um caring about the kids i think that's if you looked at all of our teachers a year in the past i think the one thing you could say that all have in common is they truly care about the students that they teach they enjoy teaching and it shows all right Rhodes, it's it's on me versus you who wins teacher of the year first i have to start caring Ugh, all right <laughs> exactly i don't think either one of us is going to win teacher of the year there's still hope there's still hope <laughs> Back in the 90s, Bojack the Horseman was in a very famous TV show. We'll see what other 90s trivia we know coming up next. I hope everyone watched VH1's I Love the 90s recently because today we're going to see how much you know about that amazing decade in pop culture. For the youngins out there listening, pay attention. This was truly an incredible decade. All right, so here's how this will work. We're going to play in a few different rounds. In the first round, each of you will get three questions that are worth one point each. In the second round, you'll get three questions worth two points each. Then there'll be a final question where you can wager however many points you want to up to the number of points you have. All right, we will let our guest go first with question number one. All right, so question one is, which of the following is not a famous 90s couple? Gwyneth Paltrow and Ben Affleck, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey, Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love. C. That is correct. Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey made movie magic together in The Wedding Planner, but were not a real couple. That was an immediate answer. Well, you should be pretty nervous right now. I know, I know the the movie they were in, so at least I, I knew that. But it was definitely not in the '90s. So let, let's see how this this question for me goes. All right, your question is: Which of these men wasn't named one of People's Sexiest Man Alive in the 1990s? So who was not People's Sexiest Man Alive? Ryan Philippe, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Keanu Reeves. Oh my gosh. I'm going to go with Ryan Philippe because I don't think he would be old enough to make that list. That is correct as well. Uh, he was pretty, he was like over 18 at least, but he was you know, not necessarily in his hunk prime and during the 1990s either. So after our first nineties for anybody that doesn't like Keanu Reeves, cause they don't think he's a great actor, which I don't think he's a great actor, but all his movies from the nineties are awesome. Go back and watch every single one of them. All right. Question two. Uh, Here we go. What was the name of Tim the Toolman Taylor's helpful neighbor? Al, Marty, Harry, or Wilson? D, Wilson. 
Yes, that is correct. Wilson is correct as well. Another immediate answer. Another immediate correct answer. All right, next question. Speaking of home improvement, which animated Disney character did 1990s teen heartthrob Jonathan Taylor Thomas voice? Would it be Prince Eric, Young Simba, Young Hercules, or Aladdin? Oh, man. Give, give me the, the first. So was, you said Aladdin. I don't think it was Aladdin, so I'm going to go go done with Aladdin. So it's going to be Simba. Let me go Simba. Let me read you the answers again. Prince Eric, Young Simba, Young Hercules, or Aladdin? Well, I, I don't even know the, the first option that you gave me because I'm an idiot. Um, Little Mermaid, bro. God, it's embarrassing. Dude, I'm not good with animated Disney films. Come on, that's like the one thing I don't know. So that, uh, that, was, I, almost, that was almost the category I picked for our draft today was animated Disney movies. So I, now I almost wish I would have done that. Well, I'm, I'm sorry that I had a poor living growing up I, I did not watch animated disney films uh, i'm still gonna go with my gut my original answer and i'm gonna say simba young simba is correct jtt played simba after two questions we are still perfect two to two our last question round one what are the names of the two leads in the titanic hit movie titanic we just need first first name of the characters Oh God, it was Jack and, um, oh wow. We just watched it at DECA. (laughs) We just watched Titanic. Um, I, total blank. I don't know. Jack and something. (laughs) Will, do you know the answer? Jack and Rose. Rose. Yes. Here's a little ditty about Jack and Rose doing the best they can, even though the uh, driftwood was big enough to hold both of them. All right. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Uh, That's one. That's a, that's a hot take right there for, for sure. Is that very cold take. That's a take. She murdered him. She murdered him on purpose because he could have fit on that board. Agree. All right. Well, here's your last question of round one. What still famous actor plays Alicia Silverstone's stepbrother and spoiler alert again, love interest in the movie Clueless. Paul Rudd. That is correct. So after round one, you are leading three to two. Round two, I think the questions get a little tougher. uh, And these questions are worth two points each. Mary, your first question. The TV show Frasier is a spinoff of what incredibly incredibly popular NBC TV show? Um, It was the Cheers, right? That is correct. (laughs) Spinoff of Cheers. All right, Will, your first question. Name two of the actresses who portray love interests to Austin Powers in the film franchise. I realized the last movie came out in 2002, but that's a a 90s franchise. So there are three love interests. Name two of the three actresses who portray love interests to Austin Powers. Uh, Beyonce is one of them in Goldmember. And then uh, Elizabeth Hurley is in the second movie. Uh, I know the actress in the first movie. She's the one that's in the Hangover series, but I forget her name, but I, th- those are two. Heather Graham. Heather Graham, okay. I think you flipped it around. I think Elizabeth Hurley was the first one. Was it? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It, but yes. you, were, you were correct. You got the two, so you get the points for that. So you were leading five to four. Next question. 
All right, uh, another movie question. Besides for the aforementioned Titanic, what are the two other movies that won best picture? What, sorry, what are two of the other movies that won best picture in the 1990s besides for Titanic? No clue. I watched watched so few movies that I could not even begin to make a guess. Do you have any idea? So you have no idea at all? I have no idea. I think I I know one of the movies. I think Forrest Gump was made in the 90s, so that would have been one of my my answers. Forrest Gump is correct. And then... Give another guess. Uh... Ah, man, I was going to say Goodwill Hunting, but I think that was 2000s. Goodwill Hunting was, was the 90s. It did not that wasn't the best director. That was just best writing. Yeah. Okay, Th- those would have been my two guesses. The other movies that won Best Picture, Dances with Wolves, Silence of the Lambs, Unforgiven, mm. which I've never heard of, Schindler's List, Braveheart, The English Patient, Shakespeare in Love, and American Beauty. Wow. Right. A lot of good movies if... If anybody hasn't watched them, those are that's a good list to uh, start your viewing pleasure during yeah. remote learning. Well, your question. There were two presidential elections in the 1990s, both won by Bill Clinton. Who was the Republican nominee that he beat in each of the two elections? So we're looking for two answers. Who did Bill Clinton beat in both of his presidential elections? Dude, I, I'm not very uh, politically inclined, so I, I don't even remember. Dude, I was freaking eight years old when these elections were going on. You think I cared about politics back then? Well, you um, were I don't know. For the first one. Oh, I was, yeah. What, what, 94 was the first election? 92 and 96. 92, 90, okay, so I was two and I was six. How am I going to know this? So I do not know the answer. Tamara? I, you know, I don't know that I would, I wasn't even old enough to, to vote then yet either so so in 1992 he defeated the incumbent president george hw bush and in 1996 he defeated the husband of former north carolina senator uh elizabeth dole bob dole is the answer for 96 yeah tough question savvy all right we got one more question each in round in round two the chicago bulls famously won six nba championships during the 1990s Name one of the three other teams to win a title during that decade. Lord have mercy. I have no idea. <laughs> I, that was, that's mean, man. Uh, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't even know. I don't know. I give up. Well, you got a guess? During the 90s? Yeah. Uh, 99, if I'm not mistaken, was the Spurs. And then, right. and then in 95, in 94, I believe it was the Houston Rockets. That is correct. And then in the 90, the 90 year was the, was the Pistons. That's correct. I, I probably should have switched these two questions around, but your last question, we'll see if you uh, That's pretty good. Last question for you, Will. The United States won five of a possible nine overall medals. Sorry, they won five of a possible nine overall medals in Olympic women's figure skating during the 1990s, including a bronze in 92 and a silver in 94 by Nancy Kerrigan. Name one of the other three women to win an Olympic figure skating medal and the medal they won. I got to name the person and the competition? No, just the medal they won, gold, silver, or bronze. 
Oh, uh, gosh, man. The the girl that freaking cut her, right? Wasn't Kerrig- Nancy Kerrigan, wasn't that the one that got cut by the – or broke, broken – Yeah. Uh, Tanya, Tanya Harding, right? And she won a gold – silver? Silver at the Olympics, right? Tanya Harding is incorrect. She did not oh. win an Olympic medal. Oh. Do, you have a, do, you have, do you have a guess? I would so, have gone with Tanya Harding, too. The answers are two gold medals, won by Christy Yamaguchi in 92 and Tara Lipinski in 1998, and a silver by Michelle Kwan. Mm. So after round two, our scores, Will has five, and Tamara Young has four. Our last question, we have five events right here, all right? These five events occur in five consecutive years. All right, I'll, I'll even give you the years, 1994 to 1998. So one event in each of these years. You have to put these events in order. It might not be a terrible idea to try to write some stuff down. I'll probably cut some time here to uh, give you a lot of thinking about this. But these are five events. You can wager any amount of points up to the number of points you have. So Will, you can wager zero to five points. And Ms. Young, you can wager zero to four points. So here are the five events. Bill Clinton being impeached by the House. Princess Diana dying. The Oklahoma City bombing. The O.J. Simpson white Bronco chase. And the Summer Olympics in Atlanta. Again, the five events. Bill Clinton being impeached. Princess Diana's death. The Oklahoma City bombing. The O.J. Simpson white Bronco chase. And the Summer Olympics in Atlanta. Again, you can wager any number of points from zero to the number of points you have. Oh my God! Well, uh, oh, this I didn't is, uh, I was in high school. <laughs> you said you said what? Ninety four to ninety eight. Ninety four to ninety eight. So the five events are ninety four to ninety eight. One per year. Wow. Uh, we were supposed to have the Olympics this year, right? All right, I, I, I think I have it. I got a, a guess. I don't think it's right, but. All right, have you thought about how many points you want to wager? Uh, I'm going to go zero because I'm in the lead and I have no clue if this is correct. So I'm going to go with zero points. All right, Sarah, how many points are you going to wager? I'll do two. All right, so going for the win. All right, we will let you, as, as our challenger, we'll let you say your list first. So what is your list? Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, the impeachment in 94. OJ, I believe, was 95 because he was convicted my senior year of high school. So that would have been 96. Um, Oklahoma City bombing, I'm going 96. Diana, 97. And the Olympics, 98. All right, well, what's your order? All right, so the only one that I think the Summer Olympics happened in 96 because we were supposed to have the, the Olympics this year, 2020. So by default, I went backwards every four years. So I, I think the Olympics were in 96. Yeah. So that would have made that number three. Um, I have no clue about history and politics, so uh, I, I kind of worked off of that. So number one. I think Princess Diana died. That was the first thing that happened. Okay. The second thing that I think happened was the Oklahoma City bombing. Okay. 
The third thing that happened was the Summer Olympics. The O.J. Simpson Bronco chase was the fourth thing. And then I put Bill Clinton impeached as the fifth thing. So you actually came closer. You got three of the five. The correct order, O.J. Simpson white Bronco chase, June 17th, 1994. The Oklahoma City bombing, April 19th, 1995. The Atlanta Summer Olympics, July and August, 1996. Princess Diana died on August 31st, 1997. And Bill Clinton was impeached in December of 1998. So that was the order. So nobody got it uh, correct. Uh, and unfortunately for everyone, Will actually won a competition against one of our guests uh, with a final five to two win. Uh, but I hope everyone here today learned a little something about the 90s. Why, why you got to make it sound so depressing that I... I'm sorry that Will won something against a guest. Like, feel happy for me, man. That was my first win. Congrats. I'm very excited for you, Coach Will. I, I, I appreciate it. I always root for the guests, though. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I think, uh, like you said, Rhodes, the one thing that we did today is we provide some people some knowledge of the 1990s, which is a win for everyone. <laughs> a, a titanic win for everyone. Everyone exactly. dances with 90s facts. Silence of the ignorance. <laughs> you, need to, uh, you need to come up with a dad joke for all the 90s best films. I don't know if I feel comfortable making a joke about Schindler's List, but I hope you guys really enjoyed this forest dump of <laughs> 90s knowledge. <laughs> oh, and on that note, we're going to say goodbye, Miss Youngs. Thank you so much for coming on and answering our questions, enjoying some jokes, and playing some, some trivia. Thank you guys for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you. And we're definitely excited to uh, see you at the graduation adjacent activity uh, later on in May. And hopefully very soon after that also. See you soon. See ya. Thanks. Bye, guys. After this break, it's time to see what ridiculous draft Rhodes has picked for us to do as he attempts to end his losing streak next on our podcast. As you spend another week at home, there are many pleasures of the outside world that I'm sure you miss. Don't let one of those be the first perfect sip of a tall, icy glass of sweet tea. I know many of you in your daily routine pick up some sweet tea from a fountain drink machine and load that cup up with ice so you can get that perfect first refreshing sip of herbal goodness. And now, at home, you've had enough water. It's time to welcome sweet tea back into your lives. You all probably have ice machines. Make it happen. Bring some familiarity back to these uncertain times. Sweet tea. Ah. This ad was paid for by the Sweet Tea Farmers of America. We are back with my draft idea. Considering my laughably poor track record of two wins in our 14 drafts, my God, it's embarrassing to say, uh, Will let me pick today's draft topic and told me I don't even have to tell him until he checked out our episode prep right before the draft. I asked Claire last night what topic we should draft on where the stuff I liked is also something that people would like, and she said, you like just the worst stuff. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I agree, Claire. <laughs> we'll see if I was able to use this choice to my advantage or if the incredibly niche things that, I, that only I love will be my downfall again. So I know what I'm going to bet on. But how do you feel about our topic today of best Kesha songs? I, I, don't, I don't hate Kesha. I want you to know that up front. Like, I, I do like Kesha. I think she, she has her niche. 
and she does good with the pop stuff that she she produces so i don't hate kesha i think your love affair with kesha is a little bit too much but i don't hate her man so let's let's go at this i'll be honest listeners i've googled best kesha songs and as Rhodes picks, I'm just going to figure out which songs I actually know. And I'm going to put them on the draft board. So hopefully you like the same Kesha songs that I do. But Rhodes, because this is your draft, I'm going to let you choose. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, I'm prepared to go first because I, 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 it's my turn to go first. And I want to get this first pick off the board. It's the, the OG greatest Kesha song uh, that we have. And just kind of the, the best way to start this off. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. And I'm going to hit this draft by starting off with TikTok. Uh, it's the reason America fell in love with her. So catchy, amazing music video, uh, an easy number one choice for me. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good one. Uh, I, I can't deny that was like the first uh, song that she really came out with. And it's like the first song that pops in my head when I think of, of Kesha. Um, wow, you, you put me in a tough spot, man. Really tough spot. Uh, I'm going to go with another good pop song. This was uh, a song that she collaborated with somebody else. So my first pick is going to be Timber. And for, for all the listeners, I'm sorry you couldn't hear the collaboration part with you know, the, the guy in the song that I think ruins all songs that he's a part of. But that's just uh, another take that we can have for another, another draft. Um, but uh, for my second pick, beyond, besides Timber, I'm going to go with, this is one of her newer songs. And I actually think that uh, it's a song that's not as, you know, pop heavy. It's more of like an emotional song. So I'm going to go with Praying as my second choice. That was devastating. Praying was number two on my board. I was super excited to pick it next. I did not think you'd pick it top two. Ugh, that is, that's killer. Uh, great. <laughs> Thank you, Google. <laughs> great pick. Uh, listening to Kesha sing that, like, in person in a driving rainstorm. I know I mentioned this in our pop singer draft. Uh, that was, like, a religious experience. She was so good. Also, Timber's a great song. Uh, I kind of consider it more of a Pitbull song, so I didn't have that on my draft list. Uh, but I also think that Mr. Worldwide, Mr. 305, makes everything better, does not ruin everything. So I disagree with your assessment on that. I, Dude, I honestly, like, he is one of the worst to have collaborations with. I just hate, because it's, it's the same thing, and, and I just don't like him. But, you know, whatever. This is about Kesha. This is not about Pitbull. So continue with your draft. All right. My next pick is going to be we are who we are. If you're one of us, then roll with us, cause we make the hipsters fall in love when we got our hot pants on and up. So one of my favorite things that Kesha does is when she like talks through songs, like I just love that. And there's a bunch of that in this song. Uh, and the chorus, of course, is just like super banging. Uh, so I love We Are Who We Are. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm gonna take your word for it. Uh, cool, awesome. <laughs> Um, all right. 
My third pick is I'm going to go with Die Young. Again, another song that's just a bop. Uh, it's just a classic, great chorus, uh, upbeat, great energy. Uh, love that song also. Okay, so I think I have my, my two picks that I'm going to finish off with. Uh, once again, I, I like Kesha, so I hope I'm picking the right songs off of memory. Uh, but we'll see. When you play the little snippets, we'll, we'll see if they're the right songs. So for my third pick, I'm going to go with Blow. Oh, my God. I didn't think you'd pick that. I thought that'd be there for my final pick. Oh my God. This is devastating. Yes. Oh, this is awesome. I'm sweet. I'm going to, I'm going to sneak up on this draft board. I love it. I'm going to send this out later. The music video for this song. I love so much. James Vanderbeek is in this too. Uh, this is just an incredible music video that everyone should watch. I cannot believe you snaked this for me. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry. Oh, uh. God, I cannot believe you took Praying and Blow. Like, I thought those were, like, safe picks that are not, like, generally people's favorites. And I thought I'd be able to get both of those. This is... Well, you, you, were, you were praying me going into this draft that you might have a chance, but now I'm about to blow you away with my poor <laughs> pick. You're stealing my songs, stealing my jokes. This is a disaster. Oh, I had to try. I had my first attempt at a dad joke. I hope it went as well out loud as it did in my head. It's going down. So for the, for, for the fourth timber. pick. You're going timber and the tree's falling on top of me. Oh, well, knowing me, it's probably a short tree. So, uh, uh, And for my, my final pick, um, I, I'm going to go with a, another song that – makes me feel good and it's just one of those things that just makes me feel better about my day and it's your love is my drug you stole my backup choice for my last pick uh another really good pick uh, I don't necessarily love the top pick on your board, but the last three picks, you you killed it. You you each time picked what I would have chosen next. So those are those are those are some great picks. Thank you, thank you. Uh, you should be saying uh, great picks to Google, but thank you for allowing me the opportunity to pick Kesha songs. So I have two choices for my last song here. One is from her latest CD, my favorite song from it. I don't know how popular it is, though. I don't even know if it's the most popular song on the CD, but I think it's my favorite one. Uh, the other one's another classic, which I think might be better for the voters. Um, I'm going to go with, I think, just a classic, another bop from Kesha. I'm going to go with Take It Off. Great beat. Another song where Kesha talks her way through a lot of it, which I love. And it's just another fun, nice, upbeat song. So I'm going to go with Take It Off. Well, I, I think that uh, that went better than expected uh, for me. I don't know if uh, 
I thought going into this draft that I was going to have a chance, but I, I feel like the, the dismay that you've displayed over the, the course of the draft, maybe I have a chance at, at winning this one. Yeah, I think you definitely have a chance. Uh, you, have a, you have a very solid team. Uh, this is, this is going to be – this could be a close one. I will be devastated if I lose a freaking Kesha song draft. I don't know what we'd do next time if, uh, if, I, if I lose this one too. I'm going to implore, please, voters, don't let Rhodes lose this Kesha draft. This is one of his favorite artists. This is, this is his boo. So don't let him lose. Don't, don't allow him to lose uh, when his boo is involved. All right? Vote for, vote for Rhodes. Kesha songs on his draft board all the way. Thanks. Uh, speaking of voting, make sure that you also vote for the last two rounds of our best athlete in school history bracket. When this comes out, we'll have a couple hours left in our semifinals. The final's coming up tomorrow. And again, check out at marketing underscore HSHS for all of our content on Instagram and Twitter. To badly misquote Kesha, I hear your heart beat to the beat of our podcast. So let's, the, let's, let's make the most of the night and listen to the, this is terrible. This is a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I love the attempt. I love the attempt. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the podcast. Have a great weekend. See you Monday. Later, everybody. Have a good weekend.